faith, confidence or trust in a person or thing. Reason, to think or argue in a logical manner, to form conclusions, judgments or inferences from facts or premises. Culture, the customary beliefs, social forms and material traits of a religious, racial or social group. Faith, reason, culture, with Dr. Melissa Travis and Daryl Youngblood. And welcome to today's episode of the Faith, Reason, Culture podcast with professor, author, and teacher Dr. Melissa Kane Travis, as well as Daryl Youngblood, who is the founder and president of Rational Defense of Faith Ministries. However, Daryl is not with us today, and he's not going to be on with us for the next few episodes. However, Daryl will be back soon. But today, Dr. Travis and I are going to be discussing a phenomenon that has developed over the past couple years. It's a, a phenomenon in the Christian world. It is a phenomenon in the film world. And we're going to talk about why it's such a phenomenon. But it is, if you've been paying attention to Christian entertainment at all, then you probably would guess that we are talking about uh, Dallas Jenkins's new series, or somewhat new series, The Chosen. So, Melissa, welcome back to Faith, Reason, Culture. Thank you. I'm so excited about this series. Yeah, I was I was excited when you're like, hey, let's do some podcasts about The Chosen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what a dream to be able to just nerd out on my favorite TV show of, of all time. So what made you want to actually, you know, do a show, do a show about this? Well, while the show's been on my radar ever since its inception, I had not actually watched a single episode of it until very recently, just a couple of months ago, my husband and I decided to finally sit down and try out an episode of this show that so many people were raving about, and we were in love from episode one, and we've binged it, we're caught up in real time now, anxiously awaiting the episode that's supposed to drop next week, and... I just fall deeper in love with this show with every single episode, and I thought, wouldn't it be great to get an opportunity to sit down with someone else who loves the show as much as I do? Oh, I do. Uh, and offer some insights from the perspective of a philosopher and apologist. Yeah, I I was so thrilled. I really wish Daryl could be here to, to chime in, but unfortunately his schedule is not allowing him. But uh, our favorite data analyzing robot youth life form will have to have to join us perhaps on future shows. Do you remember that movie? The movie Daryl? Oh, yeah. Data analyzing robot youth life yes. form. I, I, can't, that's, I think it was from like 1983 or 84 <laughs> oh, yeah. or something oh, yeah. from forever ago. I am old enough to remember. Uh, the, uh, the, ne and the never ending story era of, of kids film. But, uh, but yeah, so let's go ahead and, and start off. I remember actually, the, I remember when I told you about the show the first time, uh, we were in a coffee shop. We were at a Starbucks, the three of us, me, you and Daryl, and we were talking about faith, reason, culture. And I began to tell you about The Chosen. And I remember telling you about The Chosen. I literally broke down crying right there in the coffee shop because of how powerful I thought episode three was, which was, you know, Jesus loves the little children. So I'm looking forward to, to talking about that. So I totally forgot you cried. But you, that's right. You did. I was very <laughs> emotional about it. But I think also seeing Jesus like 
this. We and we'll and we'll get into. It. We've never uh, got. Uh, we've never seen Jesus like this before. So, Melissa, how about if how about if you would for us, uh, if you would just introduce the listeners to the show. I think you've got some notes on on kind of the intro and the show itself. So, share uh, with the listeners what you'd like to share. I'm assuming that many of our listeners are already familiar with the chosen, but. I'm also pretty sure that there are some of you who are not. It may be on the periphery of your radar, but you've not watched an episode and you haven't read that much about the show since you aren't yet a watcher. Notice I said not yet because you will be a watcher of The Chosen. Oh, you will. If we have anything at all to do with it. The Chosen is the largest ever crowdfunded entertainment project in history. So they did not get investors dumping money into their laps to produce this glorious show. Rather, it is completely crowdfunded by what uh, Dallas Jenkins, the the writer and producer and director, right? He's all three of those things? Yeah, well, he's uh, he's got like two other writers along with him. But yeah, he's the director, one of the producers, but obviously definitely like the founder of the show. Right. This is his baby, his brainchild. Right. Um, He refers to uh, the crowd who has funded the project and who continue to promote and praise the project as the chosen army. So I am a proud member of the Chosen Army. This is the very first multi-season show about the life of Jesus, which is another way it's making history. They've raised tens of millions of dollars to pay for production, and I think the production quality is excellent. I love that they have figured out a beautiful, effective way to circumvent the whole Hollywood financing and distribution system. It gives them so much more freedom in so many important ways, which is exactly what a show of this type means. It has now been translated into over 50 languages. And just one week ago, if you haven't seen Dallas Jenkins' acceptance speech, uh, it's on YouTube, at The Chosen won the K-Love Fan Award for Film and Television Impact. And his acceptance speech was quite moving. So even if you haven't yet watched an episode of the show, I encourage you to pull up that clip on YouTube. Uh, Really worth watching. Uh, The show has been covered by several major media outlets, and I thought I would mention just one of those. The Federalist website, in an article from February of 2020, uh, said many glowing things about the show uh, and some very insightful things about the success of the show. And I want to give you a, a quote here. It's the author writes, arriving at a time Christians feel increasingly alienated by big tech and the entertainment industry, the chosen may have finally found the key to bypassing the industry gatekeepers. And it goes on to explain the crowdfunding concept and how successful that has been. Uh, And I'll probably refer back to this article a few times as we go on in our conversation about the episodes uh, from podcast to podcast. Uh, But it's a great article and worth looking up. Again, that's on The Federalist, 
from February of yeah, 2020. Yeah, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes of this podcast as well so you guys can find that find that pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, this is really, it's, it's a phenomenon like we've never seen before, the idea of a multi-season TV show about the life of Jesus. And we'll get into it more, but we're really seeing Jesus in a way. This is not, for anyone who hasn't seen this yet, this is not like a video Bible like the Gospel of Matthew or the Gospel of John, some of these productions of the past, where literally it's the only things that are said are what are actually said in the New Testament, and the only scenes that are there are actually the scenes in the New Testament there in the Gospels. The creative the creative license, right, Melissa? I mean, if you're not okay with creative license, you're not going to be okay with the chosen. Now, now don't let that deter you from watching it, but you certainly have to have a mindset that this is not your this is not your big brother's uh, Jesus show, right? I mean, this is this is a whole new level. Right, exactly. And I think we'll be saying an awful lot about the merits of that as we go on through this podcast series. But I thought one thing it would be good to do for the listeners who aren't yet familiar with the show or those who may not remember the show's opening statement about this very thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. So here's what it says. When you watch the very first episode of season one, at some text pops up on the screen that says, The Chosen is based on the true stories of the Gospels of Jesus Christ. Some locations and timelines have been combined or condensed. Backstories and some characters of or dialogue have been added. However, all biblical and historical context and any artistic imagination are designed to support the truth and intention of the scriptures. Viewers are encouraged to read the Gospels. The original names, locations, and phrases have been transliterated into English for anything spoken. So I think they're very clear about what it is they're doing with the show. And I hope that those who are used to seeing cinematic portrayals of Jesus that are rather flat and wooden and adhering to the every letter and nuance of scripture uh, will be open-minded when it comes to what the artistic vision for the show is. And, and we'll, like I said, we'll say more and more about this concept of creative license and what it means to do art well in a way that doesn't compromise the truth, but uses creativity to actually enhance the truth. Exactly. And I think that in terms of the the creativity and and especially because we're because he's essentially a Jenkins and the other writers are essentially putting words in Jesus's mouth that are not scripture. And at first when I when I saw that I, I it made me a, it made me a little nervous because oh my gosh wow they're 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 doing this with the with the son son of God and you kind of understand why the why the other film producers who did stories on the life of Jesus you kind of understand why they played it safe because it's you're dealing with God Himself and so uh, but they don't uh, but they don't do that uh, but and here's something that I, I would say about that is that. Whenever 
even like let's say the gospel of, of Matthew, which I, I actually loved that that movie Matthew, the portrayal of Jesus. Uh, they kind of called him the happy Jesus. He was always smiling and jovial. And I think that was kind of groundbreaking as well, because that's really the first time you saw a Jesus character that was that full of joy and happiness. And I think there's good reasons actually to think that G Jesus, at least on some level, was like that. I mean, he probably wasn't quite as you know, <laughs> as a uh, kind of smiley all the time like that guy, because you yeah, do have to think about the fact that you know he's he knows what's going to happen, right? I mean, he knows he's about to experience one of the most excruciating deaths imaginable. And so that can that can really sober you up a bit. Uh, but so that was kind of groundbreaking. But I would say they might not have put extra words in Jesus's mouth, but that's still an interpretation. Right. Even if you're only going verse by verse, word by word, precept by like that's still an interpretation. When a pastor preaches a, a message about Jesus, and then that pastor then interprets that message that that passage, you're in a sense also putting words in Jesus's mouth. I, and, and almost because that's really what this is. That's really what the chosen is. Like in episode three, if Jesus was going to hang out with a bunch of little kids and teach them, well, this is what he would, this is what we think he would say. So I don't, well, what do you want to, what do you want to say from there? But that was kind of, that's kind of my thoughts on, you know, uh, maybe some justification that Dallas could, could say, or the writers like, hey, we kind of do this with Jesus all the time. We're just doing it in a bit of a different way. Right. I would totally agree with that. Um, and I would say for the discerning viewer, the question should not be, did Jesus really say this or not? When you're dealing with something that is an artistic production like this, rather the important question should be, is this line spoken by Jesus that is not in scripture, is it still consistent with the character of Christ? Right. Right. And if we can say yes to that, then that's that's acceptable artistic license in yeah. my view. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So where would you like to take the conversation from here, Melissa? Do you want to jump into episode one or do you have anything you want to say before we jump into actually talking about the, the first episode? I would like to offer a few words from Dallas Jenkins himself on this concept of taking creative license. Um, he says, whenever we do portray things from scripture, we don't change it, but adding backstory and hi historical and cultural context has proven to be the thing that has most impacted people, that has caused people to see the Bible and Jesus in a new perspective. And I will tell you, I have been a Christian for most of my life. I've been a Christian since the age of six, and I am 44 years old. And this show was an epiphany for me in some ways, oh, in yeah. terms of how beautifully it humanized Jesus. Um, and we'll say more about that as we go on. Um, and we'll even talk a little bit about some of the heresy I've noticed in critiques made by Christians about the show. And it has to do with this understanding, this Christology that we should have of Jesus being fully divine, fully God, 
without ignoring the fact that he was also fully man. Uh, and when I see these moments in the show that humanize him so beautifully, it's in those moments that I feel really an unprecedented closeness to Christ. It, it's really a worshipful, Absolutely. it's a worshipful experience for me when I watch this show. Well, Dallas actually, I know we're jumping way ahead here. Season two, episode five, Jesus is preparing the Sermon on the Mount. And, and we see Jesus standing by the seashore, walking around and he's saying, ah, the, ah, you are the salt of the earth. Okay. The salt, what do I want to say about that? Okay. The salt is what is it? Just flavorful. You know, he's, he's in his head. He's preparing the sermon and Dallas got a lot of criticism for that. And look, do you forget the passage where it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and, and stature. in stature and yeah. in favor with God? And he, Jesus grew in wisdom. Why? Because Yes, he was fully God. He was truly God, but he was also truly man. He was fully man. And he did he did not know all, all of the scientific scientific secrets of the universe at two years old or at five years old or even at 30 years old, right? I, there was so much that we know now that Jesus as a human did not know, but we seem to forget that. We seem to think everything should just be automatically in his head and him not to go through the normal learning process and preparation process that we all do. Right, right, right. I heard a philosopher recently joke, Jesus wasn't lying in the manger contemplating calculus and physics, yeah. <laughs> right? So um, we, I think that some of that criticism that Dallas has received from that particular scene is evidence of all the work we have to do in the church oh, uh, in yeah. terms of helping people better understand Christology and understand that when Jesus humbled himself through the incarnation, he gave up some of the divine consciousness. He, he subjected himself in a way to the Father that limited him physically, but also mentally, right? Right. So he had to grow into... He was not omniscient as a human here on earth. Right, 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 right. Now, as a person of the Trinity, does he possess the attribute of omniscience? Yes. Absolutely. But there was something unique and unprecedented that occurred with the son between the incarnation and the crucifixion. And so we have this state of humility that he lived in for during which he did not exercise for lack of a better word here, that omniscience. And you go, well, how's that? How can he be God and be fully omniscient, but yet also be man and not exercise that omniscience, right. Doctor Travis. Right, right, <laughs> and, and reams and reams and reams of articles and stacks and stacks. Could, of could you extrapolate? Could you extrapolate extrapolate all of that for us in the next few minutes here, Doctor? <laughs> not, not distilling that for you guys today. Sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Well, uh, what else would you like to? Anything else you want to talk about before we uh, jump into um, jump into the actual first episode, which was just glorious. Just by way of introductory comments, I'd just like to wrap this segment up by saying that 
Jesus was an imaginative storyteller. He, he was. was he was a model for us when it comes to using story to convey deep truths about ultimate reality, about human nature, and I think he is well pleased with this project. I think that it is after his heart for imaginative storytelling. And for those who aren't familiar with the discipline that's referred to as imaginative apologetics, I'd like for you to look that term up and do a little bit of reading because I would absolutely classify the Chosen series as an excellent example of imaginative apologetics using, um, using art forms such as cinema to convey fundamental truths, truths about God, about humanity, about sin, and most importantly, about the necessity of Christ, um, the necessity of the incarnation, the necessity of his atonement for our sin. Uh, and the chosen does this through brilliant writing, brilliant visuals. It's just so theologically rich. Um, and uh, I'll just stop with that. I know we could, I could we, go on. We could, we could. It is, it is truly. Uh, I believe in this day and age. I believe the chosen is an is an absolute godsend, and it's not going to be perfect. But, and it's not. You know, obviously, I mean, there's so much. Most of it is creative license. But like as you said, when when they're dealing with a, a scene that's directly from scripture, nothing that they do contradicts. That, but rather they right, they right. work that in, work that into the backstory, work that in to the conversation. That the conversation as a whole is creative license, but the conversation between, uh, but they but they put the truth in there with that, though, or the, the exact, you know, what's what's from the scriptures in that, or at least close to exact. So, it's it's re it's really exciting. Um, we're we're getting close to the end of this episode. Uh, Melissa, but do you maybe want to introduce us to episode one and then uh, of The Chosen, and then we can dive into more of that on the next episode of FRC? Okay, sure. Episode one of season one, the debut episode of the show is entitled, I Have Called You by name. I mean, right there, boom, we have this powerful title of the very first episode of the show. And we're introduced to the, to the character, Mary of Magdala, but we're introduced to her as a little girl. And she's learning the prayers, the Jewish prayers from her father. The, the scene is of her sitting with her dad. She's woken up frightened in the night. It's dark. Um, and he's sitting out in front of what appears to be sort of a Bedouin tent. And she comes to sit with him because she's frightened. And he's having her recite this prayer from the book of Isaiah. It's so beautiful. Thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Mm. And later in the episode, 
we hear these words again in an unbelievably powerful way. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Oh, it was brilliant. And I never would have expected a TV show about the life of Jesus that the opening scene is whether Mary Magdalene, whether she's an adult or as a flashback as a child, but it opens up with her. Uh, I, that That is just, and then to see her with her father, and of course, and by the way, I wanted to mention there are going to be spoilers on this podcast. So lots of spoilers. Uh, yeah, lots. So we we are not holding back. We're not uh, we're not uh, we might uh, we could if we were going to say spoiler alert, we'd be saying that every other minute. So just just to be warned, good idea to go ahead and watch this show, which you easily can. You can just download the Chosen app. Just look up the Chosen in the App Store. Or you can go to the chosen.tv and just watch them all on your desktop or on your laptop. So it's completely free. You don't have to spend anything on it. And and you can get the show get the show that way. Uh, so yeah, so it starts off with Mary Magdalene in this wonderful, beautiful relationship with her father. Uh, he's teaching her, and then I, I believe what right after that it just kind of goes to that goes to the opening, um, the opening song, opening credits. Yes, right? We should talk about that. We should talk. About let, let let's talk about that. We'll end this episode talking about that. Then we'll. The next episode will jump more into season one. Okay. Or, yeah. Okay. Episode that's a good one. plan. Good plan. The opening music. Love it. I love it so much, you guys. I could you not. <laughs> I went on Amazon and got the soundtrack because I like that opening music so much. And, and the graphics are fantastic. And I have a little story about that. I'll try to tell it quickly. Uh, so in the, the opening graphics, is that what you call it? Is that the right term? Uh, see, I don't Intro. know. Open, opening credits. Uh, I think yeah. there is a particular film term for it, but it's not coming to my mind. Yeah. So it's really, really cool. You see all these little uh, fish, right? Like um, animate, not animated. Uh, Ichthuses, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's yeah. Ichthus fish, but they're swimming and there's like gray ones. And then it's weird how randomly one here and one there and one over there uh, will suddenly turn into a teal color and it will reverse the direction that it's swimming so that it's swimming against the remainder of the the school of fish if you will and then as each of these little teal fish will swim by certain other little grayed out fish that are swimming the wrong way um, every now and then one of those will turn teal and flip and start swimming in the opposite direction. So there's a wealth of rich meaning just in the opening graphics, I think. And here's my funny little story. My family and I just did a quick getaway to the Tennessee mountains and we rented this cabin at the peak of a mountain in Tennessee. It was so fantastic. But I had to laugh out loud when we walked up to the front door of the cabin. And I even took a picture of this. Maybe we'll even um, add it to the, the episode link. But uh, I took a picture of the front door of the cabin because over the front door was this metal sculpture of fish swimming in a circle 
like all these fish and it looked so much like oh, the cool. circle of the chosen fish that happens at the at the end of the opening <laughs> credits i'm like look everybody we're at the chosen yeah. cabin <laughs> oh that's hilarious well for one i'm really jealous that you got to go to the tennessee mountains and get a cabin up in the mountains but while i'll i'll try to uh refrain from envy especially on a uh christian podcast but Secondly, your observation of the, and it's called the title sequence, by the way. Title sequence. Yeah, I just. Now we know the word. <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up actually as you were talking. The, the title sequence, I never noticed that. I never noticed that. I guess I was just so enamored with the song and oh, all the cute ichthuses on there. I never actually paid enough attention to it to realize that there were fish like going against the stream and, and so forth. So I just learned something right now. So I'll have to. I have to pay attention to the to that the next time I watch the show. Yeah, I have this little visual game I do now when I watch the each episode. I see if I can memorize which fish are going to turn teal green and start swimming the other yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I I'll just say this: I absolutely love the song. Absolutely love the title sequence. I feel like. The title sequence is just an example of what Jenkins and the team are trying to do to make this a top quality production uh, Christian film, Christian yes. TV series. That this is not low level. This is not some of the stuff in the Christian world that perhaps we're we're used to seeing in terms of quality production acting. This is this is top tier. As of now, they're raising almost two million dollars an episode to produce wow. each episode. It's like $1,875,000. And you go, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. That's so much money. But when you realize what it costs to create a high-quality TV show, the cast, the crew, the actors, the locations, and especially if you want to get great acting, you got to pay for great acting. Yeah, totally. You know, great actors don't come for free. So, and you have, if there's, <laughs> if there's been one problem with a lot of Christian film, not all of it, we've made incredible progress in the acting realm, but if there is... One thing that has been lacking is is great quality acting, and so I think it's worth it. I'd rather two million an episode, a top quality TV show that doesn't comp because it's crowdsourced, right? Like what you said, it, they don't have to compromise the truth. They don't have corporate execs breathing down their necks, oh, making sure, hey, don't say this, don't say that, don't do this. This could offend people or whatever. They they can speak the truth. They can do it in love. They can do it in an incredible way in terms of production quality and acting. And I think the title sequence is just an exact, it has a very prime time feel to it. Oh, it really does. It really does. There is, there is nothing kitschy or sappy sentimental about this entire production. Nothing. It is, it is top quality in my opinion. Well, I think that is the perfect way to end off uh, this episode and our uh, uh, critique and uh, op opining on The Chosen. So thank you guys for uh, so much for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to Faith, Reason, Culture on your favorite podcasting app. You can go to cgmradio.com slash FRC. And we would love to hear your comments, your questions, anything you would like uh, Dr. Travis to comment on about The Chosen, you can also email us, frc at cgmradio.com. All right, Melissa, this was fun. Let's yes, do another. Was. Okay, sounds good. All right, thank you guys for joining us. Bye.